This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Null and Void, a piece of tape podcasted network production. In the weeks before I left for college, I developed an unusual habit. In the dead of night, my semi-conscious body would get up, walk downstairs to the front door, and just stand there. My brother Alex would find me there, a statue in the dark. I remember waking up to his high-pitched screams more than a few times. I don't know why I started sleepwalking. Alex joked that I was haunted. He was probably right. Mom thought it was because I was nervous about leaving. She was definitely wrong. I was fucking ecstatic to be leaving. I couldn't wait to get out. Every bone in my body was screaming for it. I was itching to step over the threshold and live my life and finally be happy. I eventually stopped having episodes, and we never did figure out the real reason I started sleepwalking in the first place. But when I found myself standing at the looming entrance of Dodger's apartment, I started to wonder if I had simply been looking for the right door. Maybe my entire life had just been me sleepwalking until I found it, and it was time for me to wake up. Dodger had texted me their address not too long after we spoke. The address they sent belonged to the Lavender Hill Hotel. It was the oldest hotel in the county, and it got its namesake from the giant hill the building was built into. Although it wasn't so much a hill as it was the beginning of a small mountain, completely covered in lavender flowers. When the wind blew through the mountaintop, the whole town smelled of lavender. It was beautiful, and a thousand different preservation groups lobbied to keep it standing tall when the city wanted to level it. I arrived at the hotel a little bit before the meeting was set to begin. The lobby was completely empty. There wasn't even a concierge present. I sent Dodger a text, letting them know that I was here, and settled into a large, plush chair. After a minute, I got a text back with their room number and some brief instructions on how to get there. I took the elevator up and made my way through the labyrinthine hallways until I was finally standing outside their room. I glanced down at my phone. I was a few minutes late, but I doubt they would mind. I reached out to knock, but the door swung open before my knuckles could touch the wood. In the small space between the door and the frame, dark eyes scanned me up and down. You, Piper? Uh, what? Yep, it's you. Come in, you're late. Dodger, or the person I assumed was Dodger, towered above me, a tangle of red hair on their head. They motioned me inside and after a quick glance behind me, shut the door. Dodger's room was not what I expected. The front room was the size of my 500-square-foot apartment. The walls were a deep royal blue with splashes of gold, like stars across the sky. There were two other doors in the room, both painted gold along with the ceiling. I was starting to sense a theme. In the far end of the room was a dining table and couch, which was occupied by two others. As I entered, I could hear a soft song playing from speakers I couldn't find. Come on in. You want something to drink? No, I'm fine. Thanks. Everyone, this is Piper. Piper, this is Chris. Hey there. And Nikki. Hi. Hello. Feel free to grab a seat. They motioned to the table and disappeared into one of the rooms. 
I could see the edge of a bed and something covered in a sheet, a dark blue shape against yet another dark blue room. Definitely a theme. I glanced back at Chris and Nikki. Nikki gave me a small smile, which I returned. I thought about saying something, but the silence made my throat dry. I should have accepted a drink from Dodger. But what if they had poisoned it? I don't know these people. What if this is a trap? I'm going to end up in one of those missing child poster walls you see in Walmart. Who would look for me, though? Who would look after my cat if I died? What Sorry if I about that, guys. You ready to get started? What exactly are we doing? Just talking, I think. Don't mind Dodger. They're always serious. You all know each other? I've known Dodger from the internet for about 10 years, but we hadn't met in person before Adelaide's call. We've all been together as a group for, I'd say, almost a year now. What did she save you from? Oh, um, that bus crash last week? She told me not to get on. Oh, yikes. That's rough, buddy. Are you okay? God, what a question. Was I okay? Well, I mean, the answer was no, but there was more to it than that. I just don't know why I was the one she chose to save. What? Like you want to know if you're special? Dude. What? Am I wrong? I just want to know why I'm still here and not someone actually important. Who says you are important? Me? I work for Void Networks along with the rest of the town. I sort mail. I went to a shitty community college to get a degree in business, then couldn't find a job anywhere and had to move back home. I don't have any special talents or superpowers or anything cool like that. I'm not important. Me thinks the lady does protest too much. We haven't really figured out why she called us. Yet. We were hoping you might be able to help us connect the dots. What do you want to know? Got any family? Friends? How about any traumatic experiences? Are you satisfied with who you are? Does your family have a history of any health issues? How about- I'm not sure why my happiness is a relevant question. Is that a hard question for you to answer? I don't know. Kind of. You're not my therapist. Dodger, chill out. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get a bit too excited about things. <sighs> You're fine. It, it's just been... Hell? A waking nightmare? Too much. Just way too much. And I don't know how to handle all of this. I know what you mean. We all do. I was visiting relatives when she called and told me to get my ass out of Puerto Rico. I grabbed my family, and not an hour after our flight lifted off, our town was hit by a 5.3 magnitude earthquake. It destroyed everything. Oh my god. She called me just as I was about to hop on the train in Washington. Told me to wait for the next one. The train I was supposed to take derailed. Some people got trapped in the cars and burned to death. Others were crushed under the wreckage. Not a whole lot of survivors. Dodger? A mass shooting told me to call in sick. Christ, how? How could she know all of this? Who knows? Dodger thinks she's a god. I didn't say that. I said she might be some sort of prophetic spirit or something. Same thing. No, no. A god is a deity capable of creation. It's entirely based on faith. I have faith in Adelaide. Yeah, but she manifested before your faith. All I'm saying is that you can't have a god as the direct... A god wouldn't do this. A god would have more foresight about who they were picking. Adelaide was different. She was real. And regardless of how I felt about it, I was alive. So, how do we get her to call us again? Do we want her to? 
What if we could warn people about critical events? She saved us, but what if we could use her to save others? Exactly! She may have saved us, but for what? With her help, we could do so much. We could make our lives worth it. But how do we get a hold of her? If she only calls right before a major accident, there's no way we can predict that. Unless we start purposefully causing major accidents. We are not going to kill anyone, dude! I never said we were going to kill anyone. Causing an accident wouldn't help us save more lives, Dodger. Besides, I'm a nurse. I made a pledge to do no harm. I know that! I was just spitballing! What do you think we should do? <laughs> I have zero ideas. Look, it's getting late. Why don't we call tonight? We can meet up again sometime next week. I'm fine with that. We'll meet here again. Words for me. Here, Piper, give me your number. We can carpool next time. Oh, uh, sure. I can't drive, but I can help with gas, I guess. Do you need a ride home? Oh, no. I'm not too far from here. I'll walk. Okay. If you're sure. I am. Thanks, though. We parted ways. Nikki and Chris left together, their hands finding each other's as they walked towards the parking lot. I stood in front of the hotel watching as they drove away, then began my walk home. My apartment was only about half an hour's walk from the hotel, and I didn't mind getting some air. The night was cool and crisp, and the moon was bright enough to light my way. In the far distance, I could see the Void Network's building. There was a purple light at the very top, flickering softly in the night. I stopped walking for a moment to dig in my purse for that stupid pack of cigarettes. Just as my fingers brushed the pack, I heard a familiar voice behind me. Hey, mind if I bum one? Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> oh, you nearly gave me a heart attack. I'm terribly sorry. Oh, I'm sure. Here you go. You know, they say smoking will kill you. Well, a lot can kill you these days. Unless a cute girl warns you ahead of time. You think I'm cute? She looked at me with those cold gray eyes and my throat went dry. I swallowed and tried to say something, anything that wouldn't make me sound like a total moron. I... I mean, you're not what I expected was going to happen to my life. What did you expect was going to happen? I didn't expect to make it past 25, that's for sure. Well, I'm glad you're here. You're pretty important. Come on, I'll walk you home. I'd love that. It's this way. Wouldn't it be faster to go down the main road? I like to take the long way back. Hold on, you know where I live? Uh, kinda. How? Wait. Why? Piper, keep up. It's like I said, you're important. I want to make sure you're safe. Is that why you saved me? Because you think I'm important? Piper, you are one of the most important people on this planet right now. But I'm not. I'm not some anime protagonist who's going to save the world from Lord Ozai and his giant meteor, or Calamity Ganon, or the- Piper, spare me your pop culture references. I get it. You don't think you'll amount to anything. I'm here to tell you, without a doubt, you are wrong. Granted, you have a lot to learn before you're ready to save anyone, but- I believe, with your friend's help, you can save the world.
Adelaide reached out and cupped my cheek. Her hand felt so warm against my face. I couldn't help but lean into it. Wait, was that an Avatar reference? <laughs> Look, the message still stands. There are plans for you, but I can't tell you what they are yet. God, I hate that trope. Why can't you just tell me now? Communication is important for any working relationship. I don't have it all worked out yet. I'm still waiting on some variables before I can let you know everything. Besides, certain people have ears everywhere. Even where you least expect it. Shivers ran down my spine as her lips brushed my ear. She smelled of cocoa butter and something... Something I couldn't quite put my finger on. I took a deep breath and Adelaide stepped back, bitter cold air filling the space between us. I'll call you soon, once I have everything worked out. For now, just stay out of trouble, okay? <laughs> no promises. Piper, please. Uh, okay, okay. I'll try to stay out of trouble. Good. Now get some rest. I hesitated. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stand under this shady streetlight outside my apartment until the sun rose. She must have noticed my disappointment because she reached out and gave my hand a squeeze. Her warmth traveled through my skin and sunk into my veins. I felt electricity prickling at the base of my skull. She dropped my hand and winked, then strolled away. I paused my eyes lingering on her retreating form, and with a breath, a tiredness fell over me. I had no idea what time it was. All I knew was that I needed sleep. With a heaviness all too familiar, I pushed open my door. I was greeted by the usual chorus of meows from my soot-ball of a cat, furious that she had been left alone for so long. I made my way to my bedroom, cooing at her as she wound her way between my strides. Not much later, I was in bed, staring up at the ceiling. Despite the weight in my chest, a thought gripped my mind. I was important. I didn't know how or why, but for the first time, I believed it from the bottom of my heart. Just as I drifted off to sleep in the early morning, another thought drifted across my consciousness. God, I hope I don't fuck this up. Null and Void was written by Cole Burkhart and edited by Sterling Ray and Amber Holtz. The episode you just heard was sound designed by Donald Guzzi and featured the voices of Winona Wyatt as Piper, Danielle Ellett as Adelaide, Azul Nova as Dodger, Sina Breyer as Nikki, and Evan Saft as Chris. This episode was made possible by our chief executive officers, Katie Human, Amara Augustine, Daniel Sang, and Anne Bard. 